Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. This episode features one of three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island where it has broadcast continuously for over 15 years. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at tracyhotchnerpets.com. This show would not be possible without the longtime support of Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food, remaining privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards. This show is also made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their kitties. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival of which I am the founder and director along with the annual New York Dog Film Festival, which premiere in New York City every October and then travel the USA and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. Go to dogfilmfestival.com and catfilmfestival.com to find out when we'll be where. Dr. Doug Mater, my co-host on Exotic Pets, you have so many subspecialties in your background, your training, your your credentials. And I know one of them was about antibiotics because the veterinary world often has you go various places around the world to give a very long seminar on antibiotics and how not to use them or use them as veterinarians. I just read an article that Chewy.com, along with some other companies that sell products to people who own pets, has gotten a warning letter from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, because they're selling unapproved and misbranded antimicrobial animal drugs, and it violates federal law. These things should only be sold and administered by vets. Can you do a very truncated version of your eight-hour presentation about antibiotics so people can understand that this is a medicine and it should be only dispensed by a doctor and even though these companies like Chewy are going to be fined and have gotten warning letters, it really depends on us as the pet owner to not think, oh, I'll just get some of this fill in the blank and give it to my animal myself. So I know it's a big topic for you, but if you could just help us understand antibiotics and why they're so powerful, but also could be abused. Oh, absolutely, Tracy. And once again, thank you for having me join you. It's always a pleasure. And I love the opportunity to help educate people. Um, Antibiotics are uh, a big deal. And I I don't think people understand how significant they are. Because a lot of us think, oh, you get sick, you get sore throat, you go to the doctor, they give you antibiotics, you get better. 
and it's like you know it's like the silver bullet right yes. well think about it okay there's the word antibiotic if you break down the etymology of it anti means against and bio, bio is life so against life they're designed to kill things yes it's just in this particular case they're they're the goal is to kill things like bacteria okay mm-hmm. and Anything that's anti-life, if it's not used properly, can extend beyond the target of killing bacteria and can actually kill the, the host organism, i.e. the dog, the cat, the person. Okay? You had mentioned veterinarians. It's antibiotics are veterinarians and human. Um, there's a movement right now called antibiotic stewardship, which is being really um, pushed by the FDA, the USDA, uh, the American Medical Association, American Veterinary Medical Association, American Dental Association, wow. all the health fields about overusing antibiotics. Now, one of the things I'm kind of proud to say is that veterinarians actually are leading the pack in the terms of their judicious use of antibiotics. The biggest uh, people that are valid or that are um, inappropriately using them are in the human medical field. And it has to do with the fact of a lot of doctors are afraid of being sued. Somebody goes to the doctor, they got a runny nose, they got an earache, and well, you know, not really sure what's going on here. I'll give you some antibiotics and hopefully it'll get better. And it probably would have gotten better anyway without them, but they send them home because they're afraid that if they don't send them home with something and the person doesn't get better, the the, the patient's going to say, "Oh, I'm going to sue you because you didn't give me anything to treat my my runny nose." But and also, so, but Doug, to interrupt, then there's the additional problem in that case. Imagine they really do have strep throat and they're tested, is they don't take the full course of antibiotics. And isn't that, that one of the other big no-nos? So we're talking about pets. That's lecture, yeah, that's, and Chewy. that's lecture number three right now. Yeah. So let's let's get back to the, the concept of why these antibiotics are something that shouldn't be taken lightly. So uh, the reason Chewy and uh, the aquarium pharmacy, the American Pet Products, Craft Drugs, Midland Veterinary Services, Valley Vet, all these places got these letters is because they're selling antibiotics, which are prescription-only drugs, but they're selling them over-the-counter to the pet trade. Yes. Now, it's really interesting because you – let's say you – Okay, or your husband got strep throat and you needed penicillin, you have to go to the doctor to get a prescription. That's right. But if your goldfish has uh, a swim bladder disease, it's floating, okay, you can go down to the pet store right now and you can buy penicillin over the counter, okay? If your pet lamb is got diarrhea, you can go to the farm store and you can buy tetracycline over wow. the counter. But if I need tetracycline for my son's acne, I've got to get a prescription. Interesting. It's the exact same drug, Tracy. Mm-hmm. It's just that because it's sold to pets or to farm animals, you know, it doesn't need a prescription. So what's happening is that these companies that are selling these drugs over the counter, prescription drugs over the counter, they're just relabeling them, selling them to the pet trade. So there's a ton of different drugs that you can go to the pet store, amoxicillin, penicillin, tetracyclines, erythromycins. These are all super powerful antibiotics that can do a lot of damage. So people are saying, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. How can an antibiotic do damage? It's designed to kill bacteria. Tracy, your body, my body is nothing but bacteria. But there's wow. a, a combination of good bacteria and bad bacteria that live in in harmony, right? Yes, That's yes. how we can get by. Mm-hmm. If you look in your GI tract, for instance, 
you know, our GR, our, excuse me, our feces are 75% bacteria. And a lot of those bacteria are used for breaking down nutrients that are then absorbed normally through the body that we, we get our nutrition from. So, and then when we, we defecate or when a dog defecates on a sidewalk, one of the reasons that you don't want to just leave it on the side of the street and you want to pick it up and dispose of it is because it's all bacteria. I see. Okay. So if you have strep throat and the doctor swabs your throat, makes you gag, what they're doing is they're, they're sampling that strep bacteria because there's different types. And then they're doing something called a sensitivity test where they, they compare it with a list of antibiotics and they see which antibiotic is the most specific with the best efficacy. That's the one they're going to prescribe you. Now, in fact, for that example, usually it's a penicillin or a derivative of that. But that's the point I'm trying to make is that penicillin doesn't just kill the bacteria on your strep throat. It's going to kill any other bacteria in your body, Tracy, that's sensitive to penicillin. And, okay. And, and there's plenty of uh, – that's why yeah, people get of, gut disturbance when they take antibiotics for one now thing and animals. On, let's continue on that penicillin mode for just a second, Okay. You can take penicillin for your strep throat. I can take penicillin because I've got a, a, an abscess. I stepped on a nail, okay? But I take that same penicillin that you can buy over the counter in the pet store and I give it to my guinea pig. I've just killed my guinea pig because they're so sensitive to penicillin, one dose will kill them. Wow. Yeah. So it, these drugs are not the silver bullet, oh, they're so safe. It's just an antibiotic type of a thing. So – what happens is when you start giving an antibiotic, about 10% of the bacteria that you're trying to treat will develop what's called resistance, okay? And so the antibiotic is going to kill most of the bacteria, and then usually if the body has a healthy enough immune system, the bacteria that are left over that have that resistance to the antibiotic, they're going to get wiped out by the host immune system. And that's kind of the way it works. It's really an oversimplification. That's basically the way it works. So if we start randomly giving antibiotics to pets or to people, these antibiotics we get over the counter at the pet stores or at the farm stores, that 10% can start multiplying. And then we wipe out the 90% that are sensitive, but now that 10% starts to multiply. That 10% is now multiplying antibiotic-resistant bacteria. That now gets into the food chain, that gets into our water sources, that affects another animal or affects the owner. And now they go to the doctor to get an antibiotic, and then that antibiotic that would have worked no longer works because it's developed a, a, a resistance. Salmonella, which I'm sure you've heard of, you know, it's transmitted right. through chicken eggs, it's transmitted through human feces. Um, of course, reptiles or the turtles especially are blamed for salmonellosis. That is one of the most rampant uh, bacteria for developing resistant forms. And that's one of the biggest problems we have with, with, with especially with sick reptiles, is that you treat the reptile... They have salmonella. You put them on an antibiotic. It develops resistance. The salmonella transmits to the owner because the little kid's playing with the pet turtle, and then the, the kid eats without washing his hands. Now the kid gets salmonella. And it's resistant to antibiotics, and they end up in the ICU. Wow. So, yeah, these drugs, these drugs are wonder drugs. They truly are. You know, Penicillin was invented or discovered in 1939, and it was the first antibiotic ever discovered. And that was back right around the time of World War II, and you think of all the soldiers whose lives the penicillin saved. That's right. Right? And mm -hmm. it's, it is, it's amazing. Without it, people would be dying left and right. But the problem is, is that, you know, 
we don't just have penicillin anymore. Now we have, if you pick up the physician's desk reference, there's over a thousand types of antibiotics because bacteria is much smarter than we are. Mm-hmm. If, if it wasn't, we would be able to wipe out bacteria and we would never have disease. So bacteria is constantly evolving and forming resistant forms. So science has to constantly come up with new types of antibiotic to resist these, to treat these, these, these bacteria that are so resistant. You know, there are some bacteria, some of the staph bacteria, um, you know, you, you've heard of the, the, the penicillin resistant, the MRSAs, right? Yes. The, the one that, the, the flesh eating, bacteria. the flesh right. eating one. I mean, they've, there are some now that are resistant to all antibiotics completely. There are, there are forms of tuberculosis now that are resistant to every form of antibiotic out there. And so, you know, what's happening is, there are certain antibiotics that hospitals carry that are like the last, last, last resort. And it's almost having to get an act of Congress to get permission to use these antibiotics in some of these cases. It's where a patient, a human patient, forget it if it's an animal. A lot of times animals get some of these diseases, you can't get the antibiotic because the human, the human pharmacists aren't going to release them. But if you have a human that's got one of these you know, resistant MRSAs that is only susceptible to one type of antibiotic. You literally have to have a panel review the case and signed off by everybody on the panel okay. before they release the drug. Because if that drug, if that bacteria develops resistance to that one last drug, and then that bacteria gets free loose in the hospital, it's called a nosocomial infection. Everybody's screwed. It it really it it gives you a lot of pause because. When I think of doxycycline, now that could be the one in in modern times that both for animals and for people is just used as if it's Pez candy. You you get a tick on your dog, you take it off, and you ask the vet, or maybe you can just buy it from Chewy, which would be awful. Oh, my my dog had a tick. I'm going to give them a little doxycycline, like it's a little sip of tea, and that'll take care of any tick-borne disease they might have. I know lots of people who have taken ticks off themselves, and they do or they don't see the so-called bullet, which is no longer the sign that your tick had a tick-borne disease, and they ask for doxycycline and don't take it for the 10 to 30 days. They take it for two days or three days. I mean, doxycycline, I, in my personal experience, is abused for animals and people all the time. Do you think that that's... High on the list of no, the ones it, that it, needs it, control? Yeah, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. If you don't use the drug properly, you're going to do more damage than good. Yes. You know, if you think, oh, I'm just going to give them a little bit, just a little bit. Well, yes. all you're doing is asking to to to, to develop antibiotic uh, resistance. Yeah. Okay? Because the antibiotic, you have to use it properly. You have to give enough to kill the bacteria, the pathogen, and you have to give it long enough. So generally, there's like a minimum, you know, and depending on there's so many diseases, you know, the minimum is usually three days, um, and it could be anywhere to months. For instance, right. if infections in the bone, you might have an IV catheter in called a PICC line, getting antibiotics every day for, for six months to treat the disease. So it's not a simple thing. And I do want to bring up a one point, because this is something that you see on the internet all the time in chat rooms. And I know of, of veterinarians, unfortunately, and I know of bird people that say, okay, once a year, you need to put your, your, your pet bird on a week's worth of antibiotics just no to kind of kidding. clean them out. And I'm, that shocks the hell out of me. Cause I'm going, wow. what? 
you want to put them on antibiotics a week, a year just to clean them out. So there's some special antibiotic out there that knows just to kill the bad, <laughs> bad, bad bacteria once a year only. Oh, this is the once a year only bad bacteria antibiotic. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it doesn't work that way. Antibiotics wow. are going to wipe out all that's, – that's why people – that's, for instance, in, in, you know, I'm sure you know somebody or maybe even personally experienced this over the years. You take an antibiotic because you have step throat and you get diarrhea. Well, the reason you get diarrhea is because your antibiotic is wiping out your sure. normal gut flora. That's right. And you can't process your food, so you end up with diarrhea. That happens all the time. So antibiotics are not, you know, they're, they're, they're incredibly important. When used properly, they're lifesavers. But when used in, improperly, they can be deadly, yeah. you know? And especially and so, yes, for these it's, it's, animals, what a what a strange idea. I, I yeah. heard a, a so veterinary. So the last thing you know, you'd ever want to do is put your bird or any animal on a, a week's worth of antibiotics once a year just to clean them out. Terrible. I don't know where that started, but it's out there and people still do it. And I hear that and I just shudder. I try not to be inappropriate and shrug and roll my eyes, but I've gotten to the point now where I'm so old, I don't care. When people <laughs> say things like that, I'd say, you know, that that's that's beyond ignorant. That's stupid. Because yeah, you're teaching you, you're teaching you, whatever bacteria are there, and there might be one or two evildoers that are not causing the bird any problem. You're teaching that bacteria how to bypass that drug in the future. You're teaching, as you say, the bacteria are smart. You're making them even smarter. Right. Dr. Doug, we, we're, we're out of time, but I just want to say to those of you trying ever to buy any antibiotic, and that would be any of the words that end with like psyllin, but there's others as well. Don't do it. No amoxicillin, penicillin, tetracycline, erythromycin, doxycycline. You go to your vet and you hope your vet is as careful about this as they should be. Dr. Doug Mater, you're wonderful. Your book, The Vet at Noah's Ark, Thanks, is Tracy. the best. And I just hope everybody takes this to heart and, and gets at least as smart as a bacteria in how they handle antibiotics. I hope you enjoyed the show. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible, and I hope you'll try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. This show is supported by Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative dog chew, No Hide, and the hybrid dry food, Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky Weimar on Maisie will eat. The show is also brought to you in part by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human edible, ethically sourced ingredients to gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and answer to their own high standards without interference from venture capital investors. My dogs love it every single day.